Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with synesthesia artist and color alchemist Heather Eck. She is a renowned and award-winning artist, intuitive, thought leader, spiritual intuitive healer, passionate coach, and facilitator. Her work has been exhibited in more than 25 shows, and she offers an inspiring perspective on connecting healing through color, symbolism, and form. Her Instagram channel has over 4,000 followers, and she mentors hundreds of color lovers and students worldwide in her private Facebook group, The Color Club. Her background as an HR manager and certified authentic leadership coach, ACC, combined with her unique gifts, gives her a special skill to communicate in simple terms the hidden dynamics and solutions to everyday challenges through color reading and intuition. As an expert on color, chakras, spirituality, and energy healing, her audience gains tips and new tools to uplift and inspire their hearts and minds. She's got a great story. Enjoy. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you today? I'm good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. That's a lot of paint back there. <laughs> I love it. I have a I have a good stash. <laughs> yeah, it is a good stash. And that Prince painting, that's that's nice. He's oh, that of... one's not even mine, but I just I love I have a crush on Prince. So. Yeah, he's he, he's watching me. He's gonna make sure that I'm doing everything okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he has that look on his face. So it's great <laughs> to meet you. Thank you for taking a minute out today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And you even have purple on too. So you yeah. got the whole Prince thing down. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. I'm channeling him. <laughs> that's right. So where are you located? I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina. I was here. I had a friend that lived there for a while and he said it was always green. He always talked about how green it was. It is pretty awesome. I'll be honest. Like the weather's always nice. The people are pretty nice. There's a lot of green still. So you can get outside, get fresh air. It's yeah. really, it's a great area to live in. Excellent. Well, yeah. thank you for taking a minute out. I want to begin our conversation with what we've lived through for the last three and a half years or so with COVID. How did you get through the pandemic and how did it change you? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's a great question. So about five months before everything shut down, I actually left my full time job as an HR manager. So I was newly um, you know, entrepreneurial. I was kind of diving into my art business right at the start of COVID. Yeah. And I'm so glad that that happened when it did because my son was home. He was going into, he was in first grade going into second. And I really had to kind of pivot into running an art business and then home, like homeschooling him through the computer <laughs> to get him yeah. like through the rest of the school year. Um, I feel like that I feel like COVID changed a lot of us in some ways, I think for the better, because it allowed us new ways to communicate with each other and to find different ways to help each other. And at the start of the pandemic, um, I did pretty well in terms of art sales. I think people were home looking around at their, their spaces thinking, wow, I should do something different here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So let's get to the heart and soul of what you do for a living. Now I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's career day. And one uh, of the kids says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So first, I would say, um, close your eyes and picture a red apple. And in your mind, you see that apple and the color red. Well, when I hear something, see something, smell something, taste something, I'm always seeing a color in my mind. And then I paint what I see and tell a story about it. Okay. All right. So what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream to grow up and become? I really did want to be an artist. I kind of okay. wanted to be a, a punk rocker too. <laughs> yeah. In the 80s, I wanted to be a musician okay. um, and do creative things. And I was always sketching and drawing and and kind of dabbling in different creative hobbies. So I really do think that 
I started out wanting to pursue where I am. It just took me 40 plus years to get there. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it takes a while. Yeah. But I think yeah. the idea is I have a, I have a teenage daughter at home and I always tell her no matter how much the world may be difficult to deal with, the only thing that you really have is your dream. And that's what, that's you. No mm -hmm. one can take that away. And that's for you to protect and to watch it grow. I love that. That's great yeah. that you share that. Yeah. Yeah. I so it's, that. it's, it's a good thing. So let's go back to where you were born and raised uh -huh. and how these seeds of creativity and even HR, how did all of this happen to become who you are today? Oh my gosh. So I was, um, I was born in Germany. My dad was in the army. So I was an American born abroad and I had that like military child upbringing where we moved every couple of years or so. And I always thought that gave me a lot of character that helped me really kind of figure out how to adapt to a lot of things. Um, I was super creative. I was the first person in my family to go to college. And then after that, my sister and my mom followed suit too, which is awesome. Yeah. And then I kind of, you know, had that conversation where it was like, are you sure you want to do art? Because you'll never make any money doing art. And so I kind of set about on the path to pursue human resources and did that for about 15 years or so. Um, and it was great. You know, I learned a lot. I think that the universe does a really great way of setting you up to be exactly where you need to be. Mm -hmm. And by giving you the tools and experiences that you need to help you when you figure out where you're going. So I think for the last couple of years before I left corporate, I was searching for something. I was trying all these different certifications and all different kinds of things, trying to figure out like, what do I want to do? Because HR was great and I worked for a great company, but I just felt this kind of like tiredness in myself that no amount of sleep or vacation was going to fix. Yeah. And then I worked with a spiritual teacher who said, you know, if you really think about what you liked when you were a kid, what was it? And I was like, oh, it was art. And she said, you know, your gifts show up when you're young. And so, you know, explore that, feel your way into it. And so I went and bought art supplies and started painting. And within a year, I had my first show. So it was kind of, it was kind of like the universe was waiting for me to decide to pursue that path and once I once I started moving in that direction it was like everything started to support that and now as a business owner and an artist I'm so thankful for all that time I spent in corporate because it taught me so much about how to manage things and how to you know be responsive and follow up and you know, simple things like sending invoices and creating documents and all the admin -y side of things. <laughs> it helped yeah. me a ton. So I'm really grateful for what I've experienced that's helped me to where I am today. What's been your favorite art gallery you visited? You know, there is locally the North Carolina Museum of Art. Um, so I try to pop over there when I need some inspiration. And there's a piece there that I love um, called Two Figures by Robert Motherwell. And so I'll just kind of go and spend some time with that piece when I need a little inspiration. But I'd love to get out and explore more galleries for sure. What would be a dream gallery or painting for you to see? You know, I lived up in the New York area for a long time, but I never got to visit the Guggenheim. Yeah. So I think that when I see it in pictures, I'm like, oh, why didn't I ever go in there? <laughs> Yeah, we got, a, we got a new wing in Kansas City on the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art. And a lot of stuff came from the Guggenheim, a lot of modern art. So it's kind of cool. You know, That's we're getting awesome. some transplants. So who's been a hero for you in your life? You know, I think that a lot of the women um, who are part of my spiritual community are, are the heroes that I kind of see on my day to day basis. 
I think we've all gone through so many unique experiences in our lives and made so many different changes that have helped us along that personal, you know, that sense of personal growth or personal power, trying to get into the, like the most authentic aspect of themselves. This group of of women are just this community of grace that helps support all of us, lifts us up and encourages us and sometimes kicks us in the butt when we're not doing what we should be doing. But I look at that group and I think I'm so thankful that they're in my life because they really are like the embodiment of good people and just beautiful spirits. And I love them so much. So if you could meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be? Do they have to be alive? (laughs) Yeah. See, I know where we're going. No, let's open it up. Yeah. Let's open it up. You know, the one person that I really, really would love to meet is Freddie Mercury. Mm. I think that, you know, even seeing that movie Bohemian Rhapsody when it came out a couple of years ago, I left that theater so inspired by his story and his music and his creativity. And I think he lived at a time when people weren't really accepting or open or, or just really, you know, letting him be who he wanted to be. And, um, and I just, I value his experience so much. And I just think he's probably one of the most authentically, you know, unapologetically himself. And I would just love to spend some time and get into his brain and ask him lots of questions. <laughs> so that day that he did the Live Aid performance, I didn't know this. We got married on July 13th, my wife and I, and I found out after the fact that that was the day. So I always remember that it was July 13th. That <laughs> awesome. was the day. So That's so cool. And I was just remembering too, Prince, I was thinking, um, what I did an interview with a band that was going to Oklahoma. It was called Victor and Penny. And I just found out about Prince passing away. And they were all in the van. They were all excited. They were getting ready to go. And I was like, I mean, because when it happened, it was like, uh, it, it, it was meteoric. I mean, it, yeah. it just spread. So I just thought they knew. I said, do you guys hear what happened? And they're like, what are you talking about? And I told them. So that day I made a commitment. I will never, ever, no matter who it is or what it is, I will never tell anybody that someone died. I will never do it again. That was the oh. most, that was the worst feeling in the world. Cause they were all just like, what? I was Brushed. like, no, I, I oh. didn't want to be the guy. I just thought we were going to have a conversation about Prince. And then it was like, so I'm like, I'm out, I'm retiring. I'm not doing that anymore. So, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but, so let me ask you this. You obviously have a lot of motivation and drive in you being, you know, having your own business, sidestepping out of one gig into another. What is the daily motivation for you to get up every day, to create work, to make this business and to make it run the way you want it to be run? Mm-hmm. I think I have this, um, this deep seated worry that I will disappoint God or the universe by not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, And I take my spirituality very seriously and it, and it, and it kind of, you know, filters out through everything that I do. So waking up in the morning and getting to do what I do is such a gift to me because I never imagined that it would be possible. Like going back to that six or seven year old me with a sketchbook and crayons um, who then pivoted to, you know, working in corporate and then getting the opportunity to leave corporate, because that's, that's a privileged place to be able to leave something like that to pursue your passion. Um, That to me, I'm just so thankful for that opportunity. And 
I want to just wake up every day and be of service in some way. And I think that that's why I paint is to be of service and, and why I kind of connect to spiritual people and spiritual experiences and my own spirituality so deeply um, is to find a way to use my gifts and service of other people. So what was the first painting that you did where you thought, wow, this is having a profound impact, whether it's on you or another person? When did you feel like, man, this is something I should do? I've arrived. Yeah. I um, When I initially started painting, I kind of turned the garage into my studio for a little bit. There's still some paint splatters on the ground there. Um, but I was working on a piece for a friend of mine, and I had been... I had actually taken the day off and said, I'm going to just paint all day. I'm going to see what this is like. And I worked on a piece and I knew that it was for her. I had picked a couple colors for her. I intuit colors and I see colors through my synesthesia. And for her, I saw light blue, peach and white. And when I got the colors on the canvas, I immediately started to cry. And I felt like there was something about this piece or the colors for her that were that were going to be healing or therapeutic. And she pulled up to drop something off to me. And she said, I don't know what happened, but... The minute I I started driving over here, I just started crying. And what is this about? And I showed her her painting and she was like, oh my God, that's for me. This is for me. And there were messages, uh, you know, of healing that were coming through in the painting for her. And then I felt like, okay, there's something here. There's really something that I'm able to connect people and color and, and what they mean and how they heal. Um, and that was such affirmation for me that I felt like, okay, I'm going to do this. I don't know how, yeah. but we'll figure it out. Yeah. So what's the best advice you've ever gotten in life? Move. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Move. I think that um, one of the things that, that I'm proud of myself for is that I really don't get analysis paralysis. I would rather take imperfect action than to stand still. And so, um, you know, my spiritual teacher, Myrna says, move, you know, just move forward, keep going, don't stop. Um, and just kind of try something, right? Like just the act of doing a thing is so much better than not um, doing it at all. Um, yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just have to do it. Yeah. So what's been the best response you've ever gotten from a painting that someone bought from you? Best fan letter, best response after the fact. Um, there's one that sticks out, which is uh, a photographer who was in my studio taking pictures for me who um, was not super into art at all, but I had taken a canvas and spun it around and I was, she was going to photograph me with it. And she looked at it and she went, Oh, oh my gosh, that's me. And then just started crying. And not all my paintings make people cry, but I know that, you know, like music makes you cry or yeah. builds up something emotionally. I think people responding emotionally in the moment to me is the best love letter that I could possibly get to see them connect to something that they didn't even know was possible is like the best, the absolute best. Yeah. You know, I've been doing visual arts for a while. That's, that's the logo I did there. And, and I've always thought giving paintings, selling paintings, however you do it, is is a lifelong commitment because people want that for the rest of their lives you know mm -hmm. clothing can be temporal you eat a meal and it's done there, there's things that are just very temporal about non-necessities and art is not a necessity but it's definitely good for everyone to have in their lives mm -hmm. so when people make that commitment they want it forever and there's something really cool about that totally yeah it becomes a part of them i think in the same way that we connect to music or a song we're like oh this song, I love it so much. It's like, I don't know what it is about this painting or this picture or what is it, but it speaks to me and I just need to have it. That's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah, it's cool. So Heather, if you had a dream tonight and you ran to a much younger version of yourself, say in your early twenties, 
And you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained so far. What advice would you give your young self? Oh my gosh. I love this. I think that I would probably sit her down and say, um, trust yourself and feel your way into things. You know, I think for a long time I've, I have felt things, you know, in a gut or as a, a, a feeling of you should do this or, oh, you shouldn't do this or here's why. And I think um, my younger self and even sometimes my adult self really wants to be accepted by everybody and really wants to be loved by everybody. And, and not everybody's going to shelter under your tree. And I think the younger version of me made decisions based on that acceptance factor instead of what felt good to me. So I would say, you know, listen to how you feel and really trust that and go in the direction that feels best to you, not what you think other people want you to do. Yeah. So in the history of artists, who would be the one artist you would love to like walk in their studio and witness them create something? Oh, um, I think Helen Frankenthaler. Um, when I see her work, it's, there's something so, um, vast about it and in the way that she would name pieces these long names like man stepping out of a pond on a winter's day or something I just yeah. feel like I would have loved to be a part of that creative process just to see how did you choose that line how did you yeah. make that splat like how did you get to that big piece and then and then how did you feel your way into that title um it's fascinating to me yeah. plus she was like a leading abstract artist back in the in a time when women artists weren't really recognized for their work as much as their more famous partners were. You know, we have a gallery here that I go to, like you were saying, there's a gallery you go to when you want to just kind of breathe and get ideas. There's a modern art gallery called the Kemper Museum of Art, and they always have installments that go through. And I remember her now because there there were titles on there where I was like, what, what? And then it was like, it was modern art. It was cool. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I need to um, visit where you live. It sounds like a really cool place. You know, if you historically people don't think Kansas City is one of those places that's a real creative hub. I mean, we got the Mahomes and all of those things going on, but it really is historically has become kind of an arts hub. So yeah, it's a great place. There's great that's places awesome. here. Love yeah. That. So let me ask you this. Everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, people that get your paintings, but you ultimately run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Um, I think I am a deeply spiritual, kind-hearted person who just wants to do good in the world um, in whatever way I can. So what's your preferred medium? What do you like? Do you like acrylics, oils, watercolor? Definitely acrylics. I like to work with gold leaf, but gold leaf is is finicky um, yeah. and pastels sometimes. But I'm I'm kind of digging into heavy texture too and kind of playing around with adding that to the canvas to see what happens. That's been really fun. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I didn't do watercolor for a long time, but the way that all of that kind of, you, you got to be really patient with it because you don't have control. <laughs> right. So letting it kind of bleed out and blend how it does is pretty interesting as well. So yeah, um, I love that. So if anyone wants to get your paintings, learn more about you, reach out, how do they do that? Um, I'm on Instagram at Heather Eck Artist, and you can check out my website at heathereckstudios.com. Okay. Heather, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Best of luck with everything. I appreciate it. 
Thank you so much. It was really nice to connect with you. I'm so happy to have met you. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Thank you.